This episode discusses disordered eating and mentions anorexia. If these conversations are triggering, please contact the Butterfly Foundation at 1-800-334673. We at Fatanize pay our respect to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land. Is this thing on? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fatinize podcast. I am your host, Demi Lynch, and we are back again talking about issues and taboos related to the plus size community. On the show today, we have a listener of ours who is sharing her experience in the Defense Force and the uh, deeply troubling fat phobia she had to endure. Now, we had to change her name due to privacy reasons, but we are very appreciative that she even came onto the show to share her story. This is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you going today? Hi, good, thanks. It's very hot here, though. I've got my aircon on blast. <laughs> oh, isn't this heat horrible? Absolutely horrible. Like, I've just got underboob rash already from all the sweating. I've got, like, some inner thigh pimples from the sweating. Like, it's not lovely at all. <laughs> shirt tuck under the boobs yeah it's got a tuck yeah yeah mm-hmm, yes people out there that don't have big boobs and don't experience under boob sweat like you should think yourselves lucky like <laughs> you bastards <laughs> uh but we're not talking about boobs today my dear we're talking about the defense force yeah i know this is such a segue of a conversation from boobs to defense force yeah <laughs> We're talking about your experience in the Defense Force and the fat phobia that you experienced there and witnessed there. So how long were you in the Defense Force exactly? Uh, I was in for like the better part of 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, a fairly long time. I probably would have stayed longer if um, the end of my experience wasn't as not amazing as it was (laughs) Mm. so did you want to tell the listeners what happened exactly that you felt like there is some deep internalized uh, fat phobia amongst this (laughs) the defense force here in the community here yeah so when I joined I was actually quite a small human being so I wasn't really subjected to any of that myself but obviously I heard it all Mm. you know like if someone was big it didn't matter if they passed their basic fitness assessment it didn't matter if they were good at their job they were just judged for being big and I heard it all and then when I got injured uh, you know slowly every year I'd put on more and more weight and um yeah I just I felt the change towards myself then it's just weird like people automatically assume you're lazy or you're stupid or you're incompetent and it's like you realize I'm not putting on kilos and I'm completely unaware of how I've put on this weight I'm not a moron but as soon as you're no longer thin and trim people just automatically treat you like you're incompetent like one of our senior nursing officers was a bigger lady, but like she was incredible at her job and she participated in sports at a very high level. Um, And like, 
there was literally no reason to doubt her ability towards anything, but people did. And yeah, so once I started getting bigger and my injuries prevented me from passing the basic fitness assessment, I just had all this internalized shame and felt horrible. I was like, oh my God, people are judging me. People think I'm shit. People think I'm not worth their time. People think I'm a burden. And people actually do stop treating you the same. They do. They might not go out and say, oh, you're fat, you're a shit cunt, but they do treat you differently. Mm-hmm. They're not as nice to you anymore. They're not as social with you anymore. You don't get the same amount of job opportunities anymore. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was medically downgraded. When you're medically downgraded, you're not expected to pass you're expected to be in rehab mm-hmm. but um yeah I didn't end up recovering I ended up medically discharging but it's just like so what I'm still doing my job I'm still kicking ass and I know I can't go field so I feel like a huge burden because I can't go field so I'm doing every other job under the sun that I can do to make myself busy to take the load off of others where I can and people are still just like oh, your life must be so easy, rah, rah, rah. And it's like, no, I'm actually suffering from physical illnesses, mental illnesses, and I know you all are pissed off that I'm not carrying the load. Since you've left and have been able to, like, speak about your experience, have other people come to you and, like, share their experiences as well And you're thinking, oh, my God, there are actually others that experience this as well? Um, I don't actually have any other friends who are medically separated um so the really annoying thing is they say how lucky I am to have been medically separated and it's like I'm not lucky I didn't rot the system I have injuries I have imaging the empirical evidence that I have those injuries and now I'm at the point where walking for five minutes is excruciatingly painful so no I would not I would rather have not have had these injuries and not had to have been medically separated um yeah I don't I know of other people who've I would say had it way worse than I did but we're not close we don't really discuss it mm-hmm. and I also don't like to talk about it too much because it's it's just so hard to communicate that experience to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I feel like, I feel like the defense force literally stripped away my self-worth and my self-respect and self-esteem. And even now I'll see them on the news and they will be, doing humanitarian work or uh, overseas or within Australia and I think 
I should be there. I'm a piece of shit because I'm not there. I'm a piece of shit because I left and I couldn't hack it. Um, and I don't know how to get rid of that feeling. It's mm. like, like I think everyone else is perfectly entitled to leave the defence force. But I look at myself and think I failed. It's very hard because... I have, so I have a partner who was in the defense force only for a brief amount of time because yeah, it was just a shit show. (laughs) That's an understatement, but yeah, the stories he's told me in regards to like the bullying mentality of it all and how much that's just so normalized. Whereas in any other work environment, any other job, if your boss treated you the way that they treat people in the military like there would be lawsuits people would be fired like it's just crazy how so much of the breaking down people and bullying them is just so normalized in the defense force yes it's very male centric it's very white centric mm-hmm. it's very ableist centric and look i understand why you need to reach a certain fitness standard mm-hmm. but if someone needs to be in rehab, they need to be in rehab mm. and then they can either get back to their job or unfortunately they can't. But like, why do you have to treat them like a piece of shit? And people are like, oh, they're a linger, which is like malingering, which means they're faking it. Um, like anyone who seeks medical assistance is pretty much labeled a linger. And it's just like, maybe they do have mental health issues maybe they are faking it but guess what a mental health issue is a health issue Mm -hmm. yep so we need to find out the crux of why they don't want to be there so badly they're faking an injury like oh like advocating for people in defense I think I feel like because I was so shit at it myself like for myself I was really passionate about doing it for others Mm -hmm. the attitudes you come up against is ridiculous like someone could literally be vomiting and writhing in pain and sweaty and pale and the commander be like no they're fine it's like no they're not fine and these make-believe war games are not more important than this person's health (laughs) (laughs) not actually in a tactical combat zone right now we're playing make-believe in a field of grass (laughs) yeah it's it is just so sad, like how mental health is just seen as a weakness rather than like it's actually health issues. And yeah, I, can, I can't even imagine like as someone that has, yeah, chronic health conditions, like, yeah, what that must have been like having these people just see you as unworthy because you have something that you can't control. <laughs> it's just crazy to me. Yeah, it's so bizarre because they, yeah, you, you have mandatory, um, what do you got, like briefs every year and it's always about heat injury um suicide awareness yeah all that stuff um but like and the commander will get up there and they'll be like oh it's not weak to speak and it's like well yeah of course it's not weak to speak but that's the only time you ever say that or act as though that's the case mm-hmm. because for the rest of the year any, everyone's a linger or everyone's a burden or everyone's a paperwork nightmare. And it's just like, fuck's sake. Maybe he didn't treat people like absolute shit. Like the retention 
is terrible in my job role. Mm-hmm. And every year they'd come and say, oh, what can we do to keep you? And we'd tell them, we'd tell them about like professional continuum and courses and um, things that would help us stay. And then they'd be like, oh, nah, there's the door. More people can take your job. I was like, even if you don't care, you realize it's actually cheaper to keep us right. <laughs> like at least <laughs> even if you think about the bottom line, like think about something, but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So something else I would like to talk to you about, since you're someone that does suffer through chronic health conditions, I am curious, like, what is it like at the moment having a chronic health condition and being someone that's plus size as well? What are some of the stigmas that you have realized that you seem to get with your chronic health conditions? Like, do people often say, oh, you're doing so good today. You must be feeling better then. What pisses me off is like, Everyone always wants to talk about my weight. Mm. Like, oh, have you lost weight? Or how's your diet going? How's your exercise going? Like, and it, or like, like, yes, I have expressed that I want to lose weight because being the size I am now is physically uncomfortable. Mm. But like, also, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god like my weight is the least interesting thing about me mm-hmm. um and or like if I do talk about um you know like my back pain or my health or and like and then people just seem to want to talk about like other people who have it worse or and it's just like oh my god I know other people have it worse I know I'm getting incredibly privileged human being to be like white and cisgender and living in Australia but like I'm allowed to have problems too fuck's sake (laughs) oh yeah you're allowed to just have a rant and just be like I'm feeling quite shit right now you don't have to try and tell me oh it's not so bad oh you know you've had it worse you oh it looks like you're getting better just just listen to me rant, okay? <laughs> For people who want to fix it. Oh, and like, no. Like, you realise, like, like it comes back to the thing again, like, I'm not fat because I'm stupid. I didn't wake up one day and be like, oh, I had this happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I don't need you to tell me how to lose weight. I know how to lose weight. The knowledge is not the issue. It's the fact that food is my comfort. I'm an emotional eater and basically I'm incredibly limited so so, like I may or may not ever lose the weight (laughs) why can't you just love me as the person I am now Mm. and that's the thing like just because something 
I, I, I find that too. And I'm someone that doesn't live with any chronic health conditions, I have to say as well. But I definitely find that if I have ever said, like, even just a little side comment and be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to lose weight. or Oh, yeah, I'd love to be a size smaller. Then the person always assumes that then every other time they see me, they can be like, oh, my God, have you seen this diet? Oh, my God, how's the weight loss going? How's the dieting going? It's just like, why is this a topic of conversation all the time, all of a sudden? And I feel horrible too because when I was like a slim person, I would judge big people and be like, oh my God, how could you ever do that to yourself? Like, oh my God, just eat, let's go for a walk. And um, and I now I judge myself with that. I'm just like, oh my God, put down the fucking food, go for a walk. Mm. Um, but I just feel horrible about how much I did judge people. And like, you know, I go go to the gym and it's so difficult in my brain. I remember what I used to be able to do mm. and then I'll try to do it. And my body's just like, nice try, honey. Um, but like now I just look at other big people in the gym and I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing because you're probably in excruciating pain right now. Mm-hmm. And then like, I don't know, everything's just harder and like, there are no nice clothes in any of the shops and like I just feel like the world's telling me to not be in the world (laughs) you know what I mean like they don't want to see me they don't want to know I exist and like you'll sit in a chair and like like your ass is too big for a chair and it's humiliating Mm -hmm. and it's like oh my god (laughs) it's just so hard like yeah the world pretty much doesn't want your body exists so they just make a world that's catered to thin people but it's just like we all just can't magically all of a sudden become thin like losing weight like the thing is like we know how to lose weight yes you have to eat healthier yes you have to exercise more but like the cost of doing that can just be so detrimental to your mental health and other things as well like if i put my like if i all of a sudden was just like I want to be a certain size smaller. And if I, if I didn't care about mental health or anything like that, I probably could do that, but it would trigger my disordered eating. I would be in the worst foulest mood because I'm an emotional eater. I love food. Food is my life, my everything. Like, I think people need to realize that losing weight, that it can have so much negative cost to it. Like, so like just, just people, people listening, just stop telling others, oh, just lose weight. Like, it's so much more complicated than that. Yeah, I have a history of disordered eating as well. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger, I put on, like, kilos after school. And it was nowhere near as big as I am now. But back then, that was the biggest I'd ever been. And I would pretty much, I was pretty much anorexic. I would only eat if I had to. And then if I did eat, I would abuse laxatives. And I got so skinny to the point like my clavicles were out, my ribs were out, my hips were out. And the amount of compliments I got, the amount of people who told me how amazing I looked and how are you doing it? And like, and yeah, like, but 24 seven, all I could think about was food. And what mm-hmm. I was going to eat next and when I was going to eat and was I allowed to eat it? And my, and even at that tiny weight, I had like this tiny little bit of fat, like below the belly button. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. skin more than anything and I'm like I have to lose that and like I'm naturally a bottom heavy girl Mm. so my thighs at the very very top they touched Mm. and in my head I was like no I have to get rid of that I have and it's just like and now like people are like oh if you just count your calories if you do that I'm like I'm terrified of counting calories because what if I go back to that Mm. and like so I've never developed a healthy relationship with food and that's that's my problem it's like fuck all these fad diets and these quick fixes and like let's just eat to fuel our bodies and not to punish our bodies so to finish off this podcast what I normally do with my guests is that we share our fave fat friendly find of the week and this can be brands content creators or even just a type of seat that actually caters to the plus size community and isn't fat phobic af so my dear what is your fave fat friendly find of the week uh i love the lookbook ladies because they are so sick of like what every probably fat woman is sick of. They're like, there are no chic clothes. There are no nice clothes. Everything is a floral, ruffly moo-moo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just want a nice blazer. I just want a nice dress. Like, can't I look chic? Like, it can't be hard to make an all black, simple dress. But, mm. you know, you go to City Chic and that's all you can find is a floral wrap. <laughs> Girl, do not get me started on a city chic rant, honey. (laughs) Yeah, I love the lookbook ladies. They're fabulous. They have just created such a great platform and uh, they're just, they're beautiful. So, so lovely. And yeah, I can definitely say that as well. Recommend people check out the lookbook. Like once you go there, you'll be like, oh my God, why did I not create this masterpiece? (laughs) Yeah. So I have some content. I have a content creator. I think everyone follows this person, but you know what? I'm going to recommend her anyway, because her clothing just brings me so much joy. It's Jamie Nicole on Instagram. And I probably, so many people follow her, but if you don't, please follow her. She just has the most gorgeous alternative plus size fashion ever. Like I follow so many plus size, um, plus size influencers and this her style is just so different it's quirky it's alternative the other way the other day she was wearing overalls covered in pokemon and just the other day as and then another day she was wearing like this full sexy gothic outfits like i just want her whole wardrobe and i just yeah love her page it just brings me so much joy so people follow jamie nicole on instagram if you just want some cool quirky alternative fashion inspiration because yeah she's just uh fabulous and gorgeous we love her but yes that is our recommendations and i do thank you so much sarah for coming onto the show and just sharing your story i hope it wasn't too overwhelming recounting your experiences in the defense force but just really big thank you for sharing with me your story Thanks, Demi. And thank you so much, listeners, for listening to today's episode of the Fatinized Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please head on over to wherever you listen to the podcast. Give us a rating. Give us a review. And also feel free to send us a DM if you enjoy the show. I love getting DMs. love getting some comments. 
And I will see you all next week for another episode of the Fatinize podcast. Bye. We at Fatinize pay our respect to the traditional custodians of the Mianjin land. This land is and always will be Aboriginal land.